A reading from John 1, 1 to 18. In the beginning was the Word, and the Word was with God, and the Word was God. He was in the beginning with God. All things were made through him, and without him was not anything made that was made. In him was life, and the life was the light of men. The light shines in the darkness, and the darkness has not overcome it. There was a man sent from God whose name was John. He came as a witness to bear witness about the light, that all might believe through him. He was not the light, but came to bear witness about the light. The true light, which gives light to everyone, was coming into the world. He was in the world, and the world was made through him, yet the world did not know him. He came to his own, and his own people did not receive him. But to all who did receive him, who believed in his name, he gave the right to become children of God, who were born not of blood, nor of the will of the flesh, nor of the will of man, but of God. And the word became flesh and dwelt among us, and we have seen his glory. Glory as of the only Son from the Father, full of grace and truth. John bore witness about him and cried out, This was he of whom I said, He who comes after me ranks before me because he was before me. For from his fullness we have all received grace upon grace. For the law was given through Moses, grace and truth came through Jesus Christ. No one has ever seen God, the only God who is at the Father's side. He has made him known. The Gospel of the Lord. Praise to you, Lord Christ. Father, there are some gifts that we receive, and the minute we receive them, we see how great they are. And some gifts that we receive, we see a little of how wonderful they are, but they kind of get better with time. And there is one gift which we receive that it'll take all eternity to fully enjoy. And that is the gift of this day. Will you grant us a taste of that eternal joy that has been procured and given in the gift of your Son? And will you compel, captivate, and allure our hearts with that gift? We ask this in Jesus' name. Amen. Please be seated. Um, friends, Merry Christmas. We're going to say this a lot of times. Come on, Merry Christmas. There we go. Now, my guess um, is that um, even if you're not a kid, uh, presents have been on the mind. Yes? Yes. And um, now, can I, can I share? Can I do a show and tell? Can I share one of, one of my presents? This is one of the best presents I've ever received. I didn't get it today, and that is not an, a commentary on this morning's haul. But hang on. So, if you know me, you know I'm something of a geek. Um, and so this is one of the best gifts I've ever received. And you can tell I'm a geek, because don't judge me. Um, it's, a, it's a book. But it's not just any book. It's an old book. In fact, uh, it is, it's older than George Washington. 
it's a book of common prayer from uh, 1718. And I love this book for all sorts of reasons. So I love the history. I love thinking about the different churches that use this prayer book, um, the different people who own this prayer book, the different stories and moments of history that it kind of witnessed, if I want to anthropomorphize it a little bit. Um, but, but, and, and I love the fact that, that, that many of us here at Emmanuel, if you were to flip through this book, you would recognize the prayers because we pray them. There's a kind of connection to the past. It's a wonderful thing. But the thing that really makes me love this book is that it's a gift that was given to me a long time ago by my father. And therefore, whenever I get it down and whenever I flip through it, I think about what it is in itself, but I also think about who it is that gave it to me. And there's a way in which I kind of look at this book and it sort of renews uh, my my love, or it reminds me of my love and my relationship with my father. Now, it seems to me that that is an indicator of a truly great gift. A truly great gift is a gift that has a tendency to bind together relationships, to take the giver and the receiver and bring them together and kind of renew that bond of union. And that's one of the things that that gift, that gift does for me. But the reason I bring it up today is that that can be an image, not only of what Christmas is all about, but that can be an image of what the entirety of the Christian life is about. There's a deep way in which when you really internalize the significance of Christmas, when you really internalize what it means, you'll realize that if you belong to Jesus Christ, you live in a universe of gift. You'll realize that eventually there's no place that you can look that doesn't shimmer with the giver and the gift of God himself. And I want to explain that a little bit more by looking at the gospel reading. Um, this, uh, you can turn over to uh, page seven. This is from the gospel of John. It's the very beginning of it, and it's just a reading that, that shimmers with the gift of God. It's just full of gifts. Let me give you a little bit of a tour of some of these gifts. Um, first of all, there's the gift of creation. Take a look at verse three. It says, all things were made through him. Now, the him there is the word, but we find out later that John is talking about Jesus. All things were made through Jesus, and without him was not anything made that was made. Now, consider the implications of that. Uh, everybody take a deep breath. <sighs> Feels good, doesn't it? Um, that breath was the gift. It was a gift from God. In other words, your very existence is a gift. The fact that you're alive, um, your past is a gift, your future is a gift, and your present is a gift. And it's a gift given from God the Father through Jesus Christ, before the foundation of the world it was planned, and the purpose of the plan was that this would be a gift, your very existence would be a gift that would be a signpost of God's love to you that would bind you together with God eventually. 
your very existence is a little bit like that book. But it's not just that. There's another gift. It's the gift, and this is, this is going to be obvious, first of all, of all, but it's the gift of Scripture. Take a look at verse 5. Um, you see verse 5 talks about a guy called John the Baptist. John the Baptist was a regular human being, but he was a regular human being with a very big job. And his very big job was that he was a prophet. He was the last, so to speak, of the Old Testament Hebrew prophets. And his job was to speak God's message so clearly that as you listened to what it is that he said, the image of God in your mind, your understanding of who God is would come into view with the idea that eventually when Jesus Christ showed up, we'd be able to recognize him. Now, we're, we gain access to that kind of prophecy when we read scripture. And so just like Creation is a gift from God meant to kind of bind us eventually to God himself in love. So scripture is a gift given from God meant to allow us to be able to identify and recognize God for who he is. However, as wonderful as the gift of creation is, as wonderful as the gift of scripture is, both creation and scripture point beyond themselves to an even more exquisite gift. What could be more exquisite gift? Well, look at verse 1. In the beginning was the Word, and the Word was with God, and the Word was God. And then skip to verse 14. And the Word became flesh and dwelt among us. I don't know any other... I don't know any other view of life that gives us access to a gift as audacious as those verses do. Because the greatest gift that God gives us is not, follow me here, that God's greatest gift is not giving us something other than himself. God's very best gift that he gives us is himself. He gives us creation. He gives us scripture in order that he can give himself to us, that he becomes the gift. Now, um, I don't think we usually think about giving oneself as a gift to someone else, but, but we do do that in a variety of different ways. And one of the main ways that that happens when somebody gives themselves as a gift to somebody else, one of the main ways you can see that happen is in adoption. So um, in, when adoption happens, uh, uh, two adults uh, give themselves to a child, and if the child is old enough, the child responds by giving consent to the adoption and saying yes to the adoption. And when that happens, the parent, the, the new parents give themselves to the child, the child gives themselves in response, and what, res what the result is, is a new family. And that's exactly the gift that God gives us. Look at verse 12. It's the gift of adoption. It says, but to all who did receive him, who believed in his name, he gave the right to become the children of God, who were born not of blood, nor of the will of the flesh, nor of the will of man, but born of God. Friends, that's why Christmas Day is always for a Christian 
our adoption day. This is the day when the Son of God, who had enjoyed for all eternity past perfect intimacy with God as Father, the Son of God became what we are, human, in order for us to become what he is, the child of God. But in order to arrange that adoption, it took great sacrifice. Parenthood always takes sacrifice, but this adoption took a greater sacrifice than any other adoption in all of history. This adoption required the sacrifice of Jesus himself. So that at Christmas, the Son of God became human in Jesus Christ, and then at Easter, Jesus gave his life, gave everything that he is to the immeasurable degree. Nothing was left that he didn't give. He gave it all upon the cross, and then he rose again. And that's the sacrifice that it took in order for our adoption process to be finalized. Now, take another breath. And consider what that means for you. Because what it, what it means is that if you are a Christian, if you have said yes to that adoption, then that means that we live in a world that shimmers with the grace and the gift of God. It means that there's no place you can look that doesn't shimmer with the gift of God. It means you look at creation and you can see that it, this is the creation that was given to you in order to arrange you to meet the God who is the purpose of your life. It means that when you open up the scriptures, this isn't just a kind of a story of something that happened long ago. It means that this is the story of your long adoption process. When you read scripture, you're able to sit at the feet of your father and your father says, let me tell you the story of your adoption. Let me tell you this long story. It's a story of danger. It's a story of warning, but it's a story of love. It's a story of grace. When then you look at the face of Jesus Christ, you see the one who became what you are in order to draw you into the relationship for which you exist. If you're a Christian, then there's no place that you can look that isn't filled with the grace and the gift of God to you. And it was all meant to continually reinforce that bond of love with God. And that also means that the way to grow up as a Christian, or if you're not a Christian, or you're not sure if you're a Christian, the way to enter into this new life is a long process of saying thank you and yes. You say yes to the gift. Yes to the gift of Christ's sacrifice for you. Yes to the gift of adoption. Yes to the gift of scripture. Yes to the gift of creation. You say yes to all the gifts that God has given you. But then, as if all of that wasn't enough, when you're saying yes to all of these gifts, you find that God's generosity is not yet ex exhausted. You find that there's yet another constant, ever-flowing gift of God. And you can see it in verse 16. 
It says this, from Jesus's fullness, we have all received grace upon grace. Everybody say, grace upon grace. Now, what in the world does that mean? Well, remember, grace is a gift word. And so it, the Gospel of John is talking about a grace or a gift that's constantly flowing. It's a moment-by-moment, breath-by-breath uh, grace and gift that God is continually giving. What does it refer to? Well, in the larger context of the Gospel, it almost certainly re refers to the Holy Spirit. And it works a little bit like this. Jesus Christ pours out the Holy Spirit to us. And you know the Holy Spirit is coming into your life when you find yourself wanting to say yes, where previously you kind of wanted to stiff arm God's gifts. All of a sudden, now you find yourself no longer wanting to stiff arm. You want to receive. You want to say yes to the sacrifice, to the adoption, to the scriptures, and to all of creation. You want to say yes. But it doesn't stop there, because as you say yes, you find within yourself a new sense of God's fatherly affection. The book of Romans and the book of Galatians calls it the Holy Spirit of adoption, the spirit of adoption who comes into your life and causes you to recognize that God is not just a far-off deity, nor simply one to be afraid of and run the other direction, but now he becomes your father. And you find your heart wanting to cry out in response and call him Abba. Abba is an Aramaic word. It's close thing, closest thing we have is dad. It's a word of intimacy and affection. And the spirit of adoption comes into us and we want to relate to God the Father in a way that only Jesus Christ can by rights. And as that happens, your life becomes more and more animated with the love of the Father that you cannot deserve. And it takes your whole life to experience that animation with God's love. In fact, one life is not enough. It takes all of eternity to fully enjoy the gift of adoption that God has given us at Christmas and, even, and began at the beginning of creation, and it'll take all eternity to fully exhaust the joy. So friends, if you're a Christian, you live in a world of gift and your future is an eternity of gift can you see that gift and can you say yes and if you're not a christian don't you want to say yes so rejoice today rejoice in the gift that animates the world from the beginning of creation and throughout all eternity it was given to us in the person of Jesus Christ. It's the gift for which you were created and without which you will never be satisfied. And it's a gift freely given. Let me pray the collect for the day again. Almighty God, you have given your only begotten Son to take our nature upon him and to be born this day of a pure virgin. Grant that we, who have been born again and made your children by adoption and grace, may daily be renewed by your Holy Spirit through Jesus Christ our Lord, 
to whom with you and the same Spirit be honor and glory now and forever. Amen. Hello, everyone. My name is Jim Saladin. I'm the rector here at Emmanuel Anglican Church. Uh, our church exists to see and describe and reflect the beauty of Jesus Christ for the flourishing of our city. And I hope this podcast encouraged you in that way towards Christ. If you're here in New York City, we'd love to see you. Please join us on Sundays at 11 a.m. Generosity drives everything we do at Emmanuel. And if you'd like to contribute, please visit www.emmanuelanglicannyc.com give.